Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State Athletics Podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. And as always, the podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. Another Cowboy Chronicles coming at you. Glad to be with you. Thank you for listening. I uh, want to continue our uh, our weekly position uh, outlook for spring ball with uh, positions today. Uh, the backfield. We'll take a look at the backfield. Quarterbacks, running backs. Because really, there's not a ton of news to, to, to dive into with either position. Everyone's so. uh, pretty much back. Yeah, it's about, about all the same. So um, we'll get into, uh, get into all of that. Talk a little bit about the safety position. Uh, we'll come back around that to that. We've done the defensive backfield already, but some interesting news that came out whenever Oklahoma State released its spring depth chart, or not depth chart, I'm sorry, spring roster uh, that, we'll, uh, that we'll get to here in a minute. Get to some basketball, some baseball, some wrestling, lots of things going on right now, and uh, we'll talk about all of it here before we're done on the Cowboy Chronicles, Jacob. But let's start with, um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go right to it. There's one question out of the entire backfield. That is um, that is actually intriguing. Who's going to be the backup quarterback? Oh, yeah, uh, you got uh, you got you got any Shane sort Hillworth. of any any sort of leaning of how this will play out uh, by by the by the end of spring. Let's say by the end of spring, we've got uh, two walk-ons who were uh, second and third team at the end of the season, and Sean Taylor, Peyton Thompson from Tulsa Union. And then Brendan Costello, uh, obviously uh, a scholarship guy, but was not traveling with the team at the end of the year last year. It's not a good sign for that him. That was not a good sign for him. And now you've got Shane Illingworth, the four-star, six-foot-six, 225-pound incoming freshman who's arriving early, which uh, props to him for that. I uh, Kids that want to do it, I'm all for it. Kids that don't, I don't, uh, I don't begrudge them for that either. So go enjoy your last semester of exactly. high school before it becomes more of a business. Yeah, exactly. I got no, I got no problem with that either. So those four guys competing for the backup quarterback job behind Spencer Sanders. I kind of have an idea of how I feel it's going to play out by August. I'm really curious to see what spring looks like, though. Yeah, I would say I. I ultimately, I think it's going to be the JUCO transfer. Oh, I didn't even mention him. Yeah. I, I, I completely, I completely spaced on on Ethan Bullock, and I apologize yeah. to Ethan. He will be here in uh, in in August or anyway in June, technically. Yeah, um, not I, here for spring. Yeah, I kind but, of ultimately think he might end up being the backup. Yeah, backup guy just um, for this year because I think the to me the hope would be that you can redshirt Ealingworth. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the that's the biggest reason that Ethan Bullock was brought in. He's yeah. he's the Drew Brown of uh, yeah. of of this class, and and that leaves the spring kind of thinking. All right, what do we? They need to figure out what they have in Illingworth mm-hmm. already um, to see if they can get it. You know, if they need to redshirt him, or if he's going to be so good that you want to have him as an option, right? To back up Spencer, um, or he. What if he pushes Spencer? I don't know, but I, yeah, I mean it's possible. There's uh, uh, there's there's people out there that not only think it's possible but want it, which uh, that the second part of that I don't understand. Yeah, I don't. You um, want Spencer out there right now? Yeah, I think, absolutely. Based on his experience, you saw what an inexperienced quarterback can struggle with. Yeah, and the Big Twelve. Um, and then I kind of lean towards the walk-ons right now. Yeah, 
I'm. I'll be. I'll be honest. Um, I've. I, I've got. I'll. I'll say this. I think Brendan Costello is following the John Kolar path, and I'm not saying that. I'm not trying to rip on the kid or John Kolar. Uh, but they're just just guys that didn't pan out at mm-hmm. the uh, at the next level, and uh, and that's okay. That happens. Um, but uh, you know, I think you'll see one of two things from Costello. Uh, whether it, now, if he wants to play, he's probably going to leave after spring. If he's okay just being part of the program and being a, a scout team guy and a, and a and a backup like John Kolar was. Then he'll hang around and uh, and and be a fourth string guy and and just mm-hmm. go do that and and get a degree and and get his college paid for. You can't. Does he have a brother playing elsewhere? <laughs> right. Yeah. If he's got a little that brother, he's really that's, uh, on the John Cole. Yeah. Path exactly. There. We need to need to check into that maybe. But <laughs> um, you know, he he was a guy that just didn't pan out. You look at Mike Yurcich's quarterback recruiting. And um, he was he was a uh, I'm trying to think of a of a of a good he was he was uh, Jose Bautista he was he was a, a massive home run yeah or a big swing and a miss you look at Spencer Sanders I think is going to be you know got a chance to be a four year starter Mason Rudolph was a three plus year starter mm-hmm. and. Then at the same time, you had guys like John Kolar, who was a four-star guy. A lot of people missed on John Kolar. Yeah. I'm, me, uh, me too. I thought he was going to be a, a big-time player at the college level um, because of his athleticism and his size and all of those things. Uh, but you know, you had uh, you had Kolar who he missed on. You had um, you know guys who a lot of guys who left. That uh, that didn't stick around during the uh, the Mason Rudolph era. You got Yurcich in, in a spot where he ended up with Taylor Cornelius, a, mm-hmm. a, a walk on as his starting quarterback, because they because so many guys had left. Um, you know they he recruited uh, Jelani Woods, who is now a Cowboy really good back. tight end. Yeah. So um, and and Costello, another one that um, that that Yurcich really liked. And uh, and has not panned out to this point. Um, it's not, and it's you know, it's hard to say that he didn't pan out because he is still a young guy. But for him to have been on campus as long as he was last year, you know, and then get passed by a walk on, not even a preferred walk on, not even a guy who was there for the summer, right? Just a, uh, just a, a an old school walk on that shows up the first day of school and starts uh, and starts competing. That says a lot about where Brennan Costello is in his in his development right now, and uh, I think that Shane Illingworth moves ahead of him on the depth chart pretty quickly and starts making his way toward the, the uh, toward the top. And I think you bring up a good point with Ethan Bullock. Uh, I think your 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 depth chart for fall is probably Sanders, Bullock, Illingworth. Mm-hmm. And your 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 plan is to redshirt Illingworth. Yeah, because even if they played, I know they're not playing McNeese State. But they play, they get a game like that, and they want to play a third quarterback. They may not even, they, they might throw Lingworth out there, right? Knowing they can redshirt him, mm-hmm. but they may not either. They may right. just completely just have him stand on the sidelines the whole season. Yeah, absolutely. And they'll throw out Sean Taylor or Peyton Thompson and mm-hmm. get them some time that they've earned just for improving yeah. so much as walk-ons. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, move to running back now. Um, not a whole lot in the way of drama. I think the uh, the same question is there. I think someone's back, right? Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, L.D. Brown? L.D. Brown. L.D. Brown's back. L.D. Brown's back. Hey. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> Oh, yeah, Chuba, so uh, Chuba, so we got Chuba, right. you got Chuba Hubbard, you got LD Brown, you got Des Jackson, who is the one that I'm really curious about. They yeah. were able to redshirt him last year. Um, we'll see what uh, what he can do to uh, to get himself involved. That's, uh, I think, again, uh, how you handle the backup, and it's it, you know obviously it's different with running backs than than with quarterbacks, uh, but how you figure out what you're going to do with the the guys behind Chuba because they're going to have to get those guys more involved this year. They can't put the workload on Chuba that no. they did a year ago. And uh and how you decide what those guys are are capable of, you know, what what did DeAndre Glass do with his redshirt season and his off season with Rob Glass. Glass on glass uh will be the most important thing. Um, you know, I think I, I, I think he was listed at two fifteen in the uh the spring roster, if I uh, somewhere in that range, two ten, two fifteen. Um, so, you know, he was a guy who was listed at one ninety, uh, coming out of high school. So he obviously needs to uh and and and, and I'm not trying to suggest that that's all that was, that was all good weight. I think that he he was dealing with some some weight issues. Mm-hmm. They were trying to get him in proper shape last year and that's why uh you know he wasn't more available than he was also that fumble against mcneese did not no did not help at all no if you're going to fumble in a game against mcneese is not the way to do it no. unless you're chuba yeah exactly he's he survived it okay chuba seemed to come out okay on the other side of that even though he only that was right. the one game he carried what seven times right, right. yeah exactly. the only time he you know didn't reach double digits and carries yeah but they also didn't need him that day either yeah exactly so. It was the one game that kept you from being able to say he rushed in hundred yard for hundred yards in every game this season. Yeah, or, and all all those yeah. uh, all of those things. Well, it was but, one of those two. At the time, we thought Chuba was in trouble. Yeah, because he fumbled. Yeah, and, and then, then we realized then, he was never really in trouble. No, it was no, <laughs> it was, no, not it was at preserving all. Chuba. The one game yes. they could easily preserve preserve him. Yes, exactly. So, not any real drama there. I am excited to see what Des Jackson looks like. And what kind of uh, what kind of uh, secondary role he can could be in this year? LD Brown listed at two hundred pounds now, mm. uh, from about one ninety. He's been listed at one ninety his entire career, pretty much, and uh, listed at two hundred now. So, um, you know, he's a guy who's uh, kind of got some sneaky mm. power. Yeah, and uh, and that could be a, a, a valuable thing for him. But uh, but he needs to maintain that speed and and be able to show that speed when he gets out on the edge. So um, this is probably the least dramatic uh, uh, position preview yeah. that we've done and, so far. I mean, because the only addition you're going to have is Zach Middleton when he arrives right. in June. Yeah, so he's exactly. not here for spring ball. He's still at Bishop Kelly in Tulsa. Yep. Um. So that's what your one running back addition right now, yep. unless something changes right yeah but, something um, something crazy but i don't know. uh i don't foresee that because obviously a grad transfer does you no good and uh you know the 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 marketplace for um you know incoming freshmen or junior college transfers is pretty much dried up so 
I think it's uh, I think the uh, the focus has turned to uh, to twenty twenty one at the running back position. So that's uh, that's that's where they stand going into spring, and uh, you know you don't expect to see a whole lot of Chuba on the field. Period during spring, you know he'll go through his individual drills and and do his extra work with the uh, with the receivers and the different things that he yeah. does, but. That's going to be pretty preserved there too. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. They 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 ought to just give him the green jersey and uh, yeah, and they and might not worry about it. They might do it. It's absolutely possible. Like why why risk getting him hurt? Yeah, absolutely. at all, and just you know, um, let him go out and show off for the fans a little bit on spring practice day and the spring finale. The spring finale is what they're calling it. Okay. Yes, the spring um, finale. Sure. Um, and let him go out and run a few plays where he can't be hit and catch a few passes and mm-hmm. reach the end zone once just to show that he still knows how to do it. And uh, maybe he can run like he's going across the finish line again. And, right. And then sign have some autographs. The, and, have all the defenders like fall down right yeah. as they get close to him. Good. Just yeah. act like they're diving and yeah. just whip. Have some fun with it and just be good with it. Um, yeah. And kind of move on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I did mention wanted to come back around to uh, the safety position because I had this thought as I, um, whenever I was going through the roster and updating heights and weights on the depth chart, I keep kind of a running depth chart on my uh, on my computer just for my own uh, for my own knowledge and information. And I was updating heights and weights from the new spring uh, roster that was released, and I got done with I went position by position and got done with safeties and realized that I hadn't seen Jarek Bernard and I panicked and I was like, did this guy leave and nobody knew it? Yeah. So I did a quick, did a quick search for his name and he was up the top with corners, which was a completely unforeseen change. Yeah. We we talked about the fact that a safety might move, but we thought it was Tanner McAllister. Yeah, we didn't think it was gonna be Jarek Bernard. He was a starting safety. Yeah. Who was pretty good. Yeah. So now you look at uh at at just just back in at the beginning of August, last August, we were all talking, we were all raving about the safeties that this team had coming back from the year before. Including Malcolm Rodriguez. Yes. Malcolm Rodriguez, now a linebacker. Jarek Bernard, now a corner. Colby Harvell Peel still in the middle. He's out for the spring, though, because of the ACL tear. Mm-hmm. So none of those three guys are going to be available for spring. Um, only one of them is going to be still at the same position in the fall. And I don't sense any sense of panic. No. About, about the safety position. You've got, you've got Tanner McAllister, Jason Taylor, uh, Trey Sterling, who obviously emerged as a, uh, as a starter. Really good. Yeah. Uh, after Malcolm moved. So there's no, uh, no huge panic nope. at the, at the safety position, even with, even with, the fact that that all those guys are either in different positions or in mm-hmm. Harvell Peel's case injured for spring, he'll be fine for for August camp and all of that, and yeah. there's no worries there. But um, they're not going to push him. The only way they're going to push him is through the Jim Thorpe campaign. That's the yes. only way they're pushing him. That's now. the only it's push coming field, for for Colby Harvell Peel right all now. All America, Jim Thorpe, things like that. They're pushing him for exactly, rightfully so. Oh, absolutely. Very, uh, very deserving. And because uh, if he has another season like he had last season, first of all, he's deserving to be in the conversation. Second of all, you got to wonder if he's going to start. If he's going to stay, 
Yeah, absolutely. If he has another season. Yeah, he could he could definitely be a guy that's uh, that's moving on to the NFL. And I remember, um, I remember it was uh, the bowl game at the end of of twenty seven uh, twenty eighteen would have been their freshman year, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and Jim Knowles said, you know, those guys really hadn't hadn't the the, the switch hadn't fully flipped yet at that point. It was like they're going to be really good type of type yeah. of talk at the end of their true freshman year, particularly him and, and, uh, and Jarek Bernard. Um, but he said, those guys are going to play in the NFL. And I was like, are they, I mean, they're yeah. good, but are they, but you can see it now and they are, yeah. I mean, Bernard is moving to corner one because they need somebody, um, two, because, because he's the most talented cover guy that they've got in that mm-hmm. spot. And they've got the depth at safety that they can make that adjustment and be fine. And, uh, you know, we saw what Jason Taylor can do. Yeah, Jason um, really proved something in the bowl game. Yeah, he absolutely did. And that might have made this an easier decision mm-hmm. for them. And, but does it stay this way in August when you get Christian Holmes in? That's a, that's a good question. That's a good question. I think that Jarek Bernard, if he goes out and has a, uh, a really good spring – you know, maybe uh, maybe Christian Holmes is in a uh, is in a is in a bad situation. Maybe he becomes the Kima Siverand of of uh, of last year's Man. team, where he's a, yeah. a special teams guy and a and a backup. But or uh, maybe he's the the sixth the DB coming in as mm-hmm. as that extra cover guy. Um, maybe he's a safety. Who knows? Um, you know, they could uh, they could do a lot of a lot of different things. Maybe they put him in the mix at safety and, and see what he can do there. So it's uh it was an interesting development, that's for sure. So all right, well let's uh let's take a break from the football talk. We'll come back, hit a little bit of hoops, and then get into some other stuff later here on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. All right, Jacob, let's talk some men's hoops. Really quickly, I want to say the women's basketball team, been a frustrating year. I covered the game yeah. on uh, on Tuesday night. Uh, another another tough home loss where fourth quarter just could not get over the hump. They played really well up to that point. Um, you know, Kansas State's a good team. They, I, I didn't necessarily expect Oklahoma State to win, though it was the type of game they probably should have won. Um, but really when you look at Vivian Gray and Natasha Mack, when you've got two players like that who are, are, I think, I think both of them could be, end up being first team all big 12 mm-hmm. possibly. Um, Mack, I think will definitely be newcomer of the year in the conference. And you're sitting there at six and 11 in the big 12. That's, that's it's, not good. it's really, uh, Really, a frustrating year, an underachieving type of year from from Oklahoma State, and it's been it's been a lot of close calls and missed opportunities. And last night was was just more of that. They got uh, they got outscored, uh, outscored by what uh, eight in the fourth quarter, and and that's that's what uh, that's what did them in. So um, they need a they need a, a shooter. They need a third scorer. Uh, they they need somebody to take the pressure off of uh, off of those two every now and then and and when they get it they uh, they usually win and handle themselves pretty well when they don't 
it ends up being like last night. So anyway, we'll move on to uh, to the men. They've got Kansas State as well yeah. coming up for their uh, do their the, home. Do the women hang around and kind of help form like a little student section for them? They should. They, they, they should. They, they should. Around, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they need it. They it's, need some... it's the same thing I noticed. Uh, OSU goes to Texas on Sunday mm-hmm. after OSU plays. The men play at Texas on Saturday. They should just hang around. Right. Just stay down there. Give them a cheering section. Yeah. You Absolutely. Know, I mean, they're going to need some support, but it's, that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> they can do it. They can do it like high school games where uh, where the girls hang around, but then like leave at halftime. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. Um, no, the OSU uh, has the regular season home finale tonight. We're recording this on Wednesday um, against Kansas State, as as we mentioned. Um, a game that OSU won the first time around on the road. It's their only Big 12 road victory this year. Wow. Hooray. I didn't realize that. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. They lost. I'm run through here. They lost to TCU, Tech, West Virginia, Iowa State, um, OU. Kansas obviously mm-hmm. lost to Baylor. It's when Boynton got ejected. Yeah, so that's seven teams. Who am I missing there? They haven't played at Texas yet, right? Yeah, that's the, other, that's the, the yeah. eighth team right there, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and then, still should be one more. Should be one more. Who am I missing? Who am I missing? Uh, well, and then well, and then Kansas State. So that yeah, yeah, Kansas you know, State's they, the one. Yeah, win. They, yeah. That, that's yeah, yeah. their win. So yeah, yeah, that's right. So that's right. Yeah. So. Um, do a little math here, you know. Um, as Anthony Rizzo would say, bang one out for me real quick here. So I, Yeah. <laughs> Somebody bang for me. Somebody bang for me. Um, so, uh, you know, it's this is a game that OSU needs to win, um, especially with Texas looming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Texas is always playing really well. I don't know if everyone saw that shot oh, Tuesday night goodness. against OU. Uh, the bank – Three pointer was pretty incredible to yeah. win the game with point four seconds left. Um, it uh, that changed Texas season right there. I mean, it saved their yeah. tournament bid. Um, it might have hurt OU's a little bit. Um, OSU's not getting an NCAA tournament, but they're got a good chance at NIT, so they need to keep winning. Yeah, at this point. they do. Um, they're pretty much locked in the eight nine seed against Iowa State, um, and. That's another winnable game. They just won that on Saturday. Um, Iowa yeah. State doesn't have Tyrese Halberton, which they had when they played in Ames. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting. The only thing is it's kind of a home game for Iowa State. There's a, little be a lot bit, of fans little come bit. down. from A lot of Cyclone from, fans make that trip to Kansas State. Yeah, so, uh, but I think OSU's in a good spot. Their identity has been established now as an inside-out team. Um, the, their day was kind of a game. They just methodically went about it and moved on. There wasn't yeah. anything that wowed you about the performance or anything that left you displeased um it just kind of worked yeah yeah and uh you know like you said i think um let's let's factor in the big 12 tournament you think two more wins for an nit spot i i think so um they're a game above 500 right now if they can finish 500 they're in i think um if they can finish a game above 500. They're definitely in. Yeah. And so um, I think they need to win two more because I think if they get that second round of the Big 12 game, it looks like Kansas is going to be be the opponent. Right. Um, that's a nightmare scenario yeah. if you're OSU. Um, your only hope is that Azubuke is still hurt. I saw he got out of his walking boot the other day. But yeah. even if he doesn't play, I still don't like the matchup. The guards are so good for Kansas, mm-hmm. yeah. especially Devon Dotson. Yeah. Um, 
I hadn't watched a ton of that guy, and uh, I caught some of their uh, their game against was they played Kansas State last weekend. I think I yeah. think that's who I was yeah, watching. Um, and that dude that dude took over down the stretch. And he's played good. Really well, he is good. He is really really good. Some people think he's the conference player of the year. I can I can see it. There's not a um, there's not an obvious choice right I, now. I, I, I lean towards Azubuke. Yeah, but uh, you can't go wrong with either one of them. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, Baylor has an option or two, but I just think those guys are so good at Kansas. Yeah, they are. It's unreal. They really are. It's got to be one of them. Um, now, Drew Scott at Baylor's got to be coach of the year. I mean, yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, pretty yeah, hands yeah. down, easy yeah, decision absolutely. there. Um, you know, I, OSU has one shot for all conference team. I would think it'd be Cam McGriff at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, he won't be first team, but I think he can get second team. Yeah, he can get uh, some recognition. He's had such a good season. He's averaged. I, I didn't realize it until I wrote the story in today's paper yesterday. He's averaged twenty and a half points per game the last four games. Wow, or five games. Man, that's big time. It's unreal. During during the most important time of the season for them. Yeah, really. yeah. He has become a monster, and he is. Good. He's their leading scorer now too. Yeah. Like he was. He was. Third or fourth, right on scoring behind Waters and Likely, who were kind mm-hmm. of trading that spot there for a while, and now he's well in control of being the leading scorer of the team. Yeah, he's the leading rebounder. Like he does, he's every he's doing everything right mm-hmm. now for him. It's unreal. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been really interesting, and uh, obviously the uh, the big bedlam game right there, and in, uh, in in with all of that. So, um, really, uh, really important group of seniors that uh that they're they're sending off you know they haven't necessarily always been the elite stars but mm-hmm. they've been really reliable and and gritty guys i think would be would be the thing that that stands out to me the most yeah. about uh, about this this group so yeah it's 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 a special class to mike boynton and the program um they're guys that stuck with them through the worst times of the program, to be honest. Right. I mean, you know, they, they get recruited by Travis Ford. He gets fired before they even get to campus. They hire Brad Underwood. Should have made the NCAA tournament. They don't. Mm-hmm. He leaves. Boynton gets promoted. First day of the job, the FBI yeah. announces, hey, OSU's in trouble. Yeah. And so that happens right away. Um, then you lose all the players they've lost. Uh, a few a teammate dies two weeks into the, into the summer workouts. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all this stuff that's added up, and they stuck through it. Um, yeah. It's very commendable. Um, they become they became the rocks. They become the foundation. As Boynton says, these guys are the group that made this future possible. That looks so right, right for OSU. Yeah, and they need to be remembered as that. These are the guys right. that set up the. The possibility that the Boone twins, Cade Cunningham, yeah, Montrell Pena, Rondell Walker, guys like that are going to come in um, and make an impact and turn this program in the direction that Boynton envisions. Um, it doesn't happen without Thomas Azagua, Lindy Waters the third, or Cam McGriff, or Trey Reeves for that matter too. Trey needs to be right. committed, being the walk on, and he's the heart and soul of this team in, a, in his own way. And um, there's that that group right there will, I think, go down in cowboy lore as one of the best they've had yeah not talent wise but just one of the best they've had right yeah absolutely um one last thing and we'll uh we'll wrap up 
our basketball segment here, and then we'll go around the horn in uh, in some of the other sports. JT Thor? I, you know, I, no one knows what's going on with this kid. <laughs> um, Including JT, I get the I, Yeah, I, yeah. Um, when Matthew Alexander Moncrief committed about a week ago now, mm-hmm. um, or a week and a half ago now, he was open and saying he was now recruiting Thor mm-hmm. to be the next guy. Um, and then yesterday, Montrell Pena tweeted at Thor, essentially, mm-hmm. trying to get him to commit. Um, so those guys want Thor. OSU is open to Thor. Mm-hmm. And we just don't know what Thor wants. Is he going right. to reclassify again? Yeah. Is he going to take a prep year, then go to the NBA? Is he going to go overseas? That's been talked to. Um, I think if he goes to college, I really think it's Stillwater. Interesting. I, I get the feeling that's where he wants if he's going to college. I don't know how much he wants to go to college. Is yeah, that thing. seems to be the issue. Um, so I I don't know. Um, I know OSU really wants Donovan Williams as well, mm-hmm. the the guard from uh, Lincoln. And um, is, is he in tonight? Did I see that? I no, March twentieth. March twentieth. Official okay. visit. Gotcha. Um, he's. He's an elite scorer mm-hmm. that they want. They need another scorer. Um, I, I think you know there's a lot of people showing a lot of interest in him. Though he's blown up. Um, he's got a visit set for Kansas now and mm. different things. He doesn't have his offer yet, but a visit and yeah. Texas was the first to offer. And I think if Shaka keeps his job, there's a good chance that that might be where he goes. Yeah. If he doesn't pick OSU, I think I think it comes down to those two right now. Yeah. Um, and like I said, if Kansas comes and offers, though, all bets are off the table at that point. Um, but with Kansas's sanctions looming, right? You yeah. don't know. Um, a lot of wild cards involved there. in this whole thing. Yeah, and so, um, but I think Thor is a guy that OSU would welcome. Um, Six eleven guy who can shoot, can do a lot of things. Named Thor. JT. Yeah, named Thor. That I I welcome him for the headline options. Right. Um, when the first dunk he throws down, I'm gonna say, man, Thor really delivered the hammer there, right? You know, right? Uh, you know, it's gonna be too easy. Um, the video that you could imagine the video you could put out. Oh, they they will have some fun with this if it happens. Yes. Um, it'll the you know they already play Avengers type stuff mm-hmm. at the arena, right? And and everything, and now you can put a whole video of Thor. Yeah the Marvel character together mm-hmm. and it's, it's great. Um, yeah, I, that, that's my hope <laughs> just right. because I want to have some fun while we're at yeah, it. Absolutely. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, I know he, that the belief was he was going to sign the earlier period, the early period and he didn't sign. So I'm, I, I really wish I had an idea what was going on. He, he doesn't respond to any really interview requests or anything like that. He's just kind of does his own thing. Yep. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. Still a lot of time left, but uh, we'll keep an eye on it. So for that, uh, for now, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. We're back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. Let's go around the horn with some other sports real quick. Um, I'll hit wrestling uh, first off. They head into the Big 12 tournament Saturday and Sunday in Tulsa. Uh, very interesting situation in terms of uh, of trying to advance. 
you know, guys have to maintain a uh, a certain finishing spot to uh, to earn uh, or to uh, to uh, to retain their automatic berths. You, it's it's a really complicated thing. I could do a whole podcast on how how the automatic berths work in wrestling. Um, but OSU is uh, has eight out of their ten guys who have automatic berths on the table as long as they finish high enough, and it's different for every guy. So uh, there's that. Uh, one of the guys who is not having automatic berth is, is uh, Joe Smith at 174, uh, but he is ranked 15th nationally. He just didn't wrestle enough to uh, to gain an automatic berth. So that's on the table for him if he can go out and uh, and perform well. And uh, heavyweight, they have uh, seven automatic berths available in the Big 12. So that means that Austin Harris would need to uh, probably go win at least a couple of matches and uh, and earn that uh, that to to get in the top seven and get one of those automatic berths. So there's where it stands. Um, the Big Twelve doing a good job of uh, of growing as a uh, as a wrestling conference, even though they've got such odd uh, teams in uh, in the uh, in the conference. They're uh, uh, you know it's a it's a strange group with only four actual Big Twelve teams having wrestling teams. So. Uh, weird deal, but the conference is getting better. They're getting more automatic berths, so that's what's important. Speaking of weird teams in conference, I was just reading through the equestrian release yesterday about mm-hmm. the rankings. Mm-hmm. Equestrian teams number two in the country, by the way. Yeah, they are. Fresno State's a Big Twelve team in equestrian wrestling too. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Yes, yeah, it is. It's wild. It's, it's bizarre. Mm. Really is. Yeah. Um, well, I won't get off on this. Maybe we can talk about this in the next podcast. Uh, my thoughts for uh, for for Big Twelve expansion to the West uh, to go raid the uh, raid the Pac twelve, but that's uh, that's completely. The different. Athletic had an article on that today. That's what had me thinking about it. it yeah, was, uh, was was all of that. So it was interesting. I've, I've got yeah, I've got some I've got some podcast. thoughts. That'll have to be another podcast. But uh, uh, let's uh, let's hit baseball. Oh, yeah, baseball. Yeah, it's so the new stadium's a couple weeks away. Oh, Bray Stadium. I'm getting excited for that place. Um, multiple reports have George W. Bush as the first pitch man. Yeah. That's cool. It is. That's exciting. It's going to be a sold-out crowd that night. It'll be a big day in Stillwater. Um, but right now the baseball team's got some things to figure out. They do. They're um, working through some issues. They had a six-game winning streak going into Friday. Um, and they went one and two in Frisco, dropping to number one UCLA. Um you know that's UCLA for you, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they dropped another one to Illinois, um, and Illinois uh, is an unranked team. Yeah. Um, if that means anything at this point, I don't know. Um, Josh Holiday said that he was um, not particularly fond of just not the way they just couldn't come through with the hits they needed yeah you know he said we had hits just not when we needed them yeah um essentially and um they beat a&m and then yesterday they turned around and got beat by missouri state um, yeah um in a they got some hits yesterday 11 to 10 game yeah um they lost it in the ninth inning yeah um, rallied uh rallied and, and came back yeah. and tied it at 10 and the biggest issue seems to be the timely hits um yeah. they left 16 runners on base 16 yesterday um, that's not good. Lob City. Yeah. Um, and they um, had the tying run on second and the, go, and the winning run on first in the ninth with two outs. Um, and when um, C- uh, Cade Cabanis popped out mm. to end the game. Um, so they're eight and five. That's their first loss at home this season. Um, they got BYU starting tomorrow, actually. 
Ah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday series at BYU. Obviously. Obviously, BYU can't play on Sundays. Right. So, Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. Um, they need to get back on the winning side of things here um, and kind of get some things figured out. They're throwing a lot of young pitchers right now. There's not a lot yeah, of worry. Um, they threw Kale Davis yesterday, a freshman. Um, they threw Justin Campbell and Bryce Osmond over the weekend to um, in the win. Um, or no, actually in the loss against Illinois, Campbell and Brett Stanley piggybacked and threw that combined for that game. And um, UCLA roughed up Parker Scott a little bit. Yeah. Um, UCLA, UCLA, like I said, is the number one team in the country. They've got a lot of yeah. pro prospects and things like that. You're dealing with a different kind of lineup there. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, I, there's no worry yet, as uh, Josh likes to say. You know, the first thirty games. Mm-hmm. He just wants to see improvements. He just wants to find the team to find themselves. Um, you know, he said, you know, we're not, he, he said, he told me the other night, we're not this, we're not practicing in warm weather and outside as much as a UCLA and a Texas a yeah. right now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so they're a little behind on things like that. And so a lot of, not as much rhythm. And he, is, he said, I always take pride in how our team improves by the end of the year and we're playing our best baseball. And that's his plan right now. All right, good stuff. Um, wrap it up with some softball talk. Hey, they're uh, pretty good. Quickly, they are playing really well. They've got themselves a six-game winning streak going right now. Allison Febri, graduate transfer, first baseman from Georgia, is uh, she went off over the weekend. This is a girl who hit 21 home runs in three years at Georgia. She hit four over the weekend, has seven in her first 18 games as a cowgirl. Uh, wow. Pretty impressive what she is doing. Um, you know, it was uh, a lot of reasons that 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 Kenny Gajewski brought her in. Uh, one of them was he wanted more left-handed bats in the uh, in the order, and she is giving them a, a really solid one up at the top of the order now with um, with Kylie Naomi batting leadoff. Uh, Febri's been either second or third in the order. Sydney Springfield having a, uh, or I'm sorry, Sydney Pennington. Sydney Springfield's having a good year too, mm-hmm. but Sydney Pennington uh, has really been off to a good start. Naomi's been off to a great start. She's got five homers, nine for nine on stolen bases, really doing her job as a as a, a leadoff hitter and a run producer. So she's doing uh, doing a little bit of both. Uh, Kenny joked uh, about a week ago that uh, that uh, ever since she started excelling and uh, you know she had a couple of uh, uh, lead off homers to start games and um, and Kenny started calling her Ricky and uh, <laughs> uh, he wasn't sure at that time if she had figured out why yeah, he was calling yeah. he was calling her Ricky but um, but it was uh, kind of a funny uh, funny line and uh, uh, but yeah this is a team that's uh, that's starting to get the the bats are coming alive and they've got really good pitching they've got a team ERA of one point two six between three pitchers that's really uh, impressive so and uh, and all three are throwing well right now so. They've got a chance. I say all three. Carrie Eberly is is lights out. She's allowed four earned runs the entire season. Uh, she had a forty nine inning streak of uh, without giving up an earned run. She allowed one unearned run during that time, uh, and was just uh, just filthy. She had a three game stretch where she had a two hit shutout, a no hitter, and a two hit shutout. Okay. And so it's been uh, it's been a pretty impressive run that uh, that she's been on um, for a while, and and she looks to have the um, the type of game that can go deep into the season. I don't think that uh, that she's going to get worn out and, and and wear down. I think 
that she's in a situation where she can really excel. So this is a, a good softball team working their way toward the top 10. So, all right. Anything else we need to hit on? Do we, uh, do we, uh, no. did we, we even catch it all? Going around all right. We, right. we all. got it. We did. We got equestrian into this one. That's, uh, that's a, uh, that's jackpot right there. Yep. So, all right. With that, we'll wrap it up. He's Jacob Unruh. I'm Scott Wright. Thanks to Paige and Dave back in the studio for producing this. And thank you for listening to the Cowboy Chronicles, which, as always, is brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. Podcast.